Hello Spectrumites and other people. My name is Forrest and welcome to the Pancake King, Life and Marriage on the Spectrum. The podcast for you to learn about the autism spectrum, learn what it's like for someone like me to live on the spectrum, and what marriage is like between two people on the spectrum. Hello, hello. This is episode 52 of the Pancake King, Life and Marriage on the Spectrum. And I said at the end of last week's episode that uh, my wife KG and I were going to sit down and we were going to have a fun conversation about video games. What were some of the video games she grew up with that really um, kind of had an impact on her, uh, made her really love certain forms of storytelling and stuff like that. And like I said in a, in a recent episode, a lot of this season is about just the stuff that has been an influence on me growing up, the pop culture of it, you know, like in this season, you get to learn a little bit more about just who I am, you know, what are the things I love, and I was eventually actually going to get into some of the more real-life stuff um, in the latter half of the season, uh, once I go past a couple of other things, And there are still a couple more episodes planned where I get into books and uh, stuff like that. Um, But I decided to switch things around. We're still going to get that episode with KG and I, um, whether it be next week or the week after. Uh, It will be within, within the next week or two, two at the max. But... I actually had a a thought cross my mind uh, today, in fact, and I don't know if you noticed, but the way I'm talking to you right now, it's a little, little less clean than episodes typically are, and that's because I don't have a script for this one. Um, Sometimes I like to practice and see how well I can do without one. And I don't really like stuff that sounds scripted anyway, so... Uh, A thought crossed my mind today, and I thought it would be a really good idea for an episode. And I hope you guys think it's a pretty good idea, too. And even if you don't, (laughs) this is my show. So, um, I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. However, I will say that this episode, though dealing with a pretty heavy subject matter, it does give you some perspective on how people on the spectrum can react to events like these and it's it's a pretty common assumption from people not everybody but a pretty common assumption from people that autistic people are kind of like kind of psychopaths in a way like not psychopaths in in the same way that you would think of like a like someone who's mad and insane and, you know, like maybe there's someone like the Joker or something like that. Like, no, what I mean by that is kind of psychopath in the way that it seems that they are so apathetic to serious situations that, you you know, like you wonder if they're kind of psychopaths because they have no um, empathy or they have no sympathy for people and the things that they're going through. Or even things that happen in their own lives, you know, things that impact them and their families. And so I thought it would be interesting if for this episode I get a little bit into death. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's a very 
heavy, heavy subject, but I actually started thinking about this recently, and I realized I can't do this show without talking about this. And that is the fact that while I would have to look up again, uh, while I would have to look up the exact date um, of when this happened, I do know that my grandfather, my grandfather on my mother's side, passed away two years ago in October of 2021. And it was kind of a slow build leading up to that. Uh, my grandfather suffered dementia. He um, basically, dementia took hold of his mind and kept getting stronger and stronger over time. Um, at the beginning of 2020, when my grandparents um, came to town to attend you know, mine and KG's wedding, um, it was the first time I had met my grandfather face-to-face where that dementia had kind of reached a point in his head where you, I couldn't really talk to him the same way that I used to. And I knew for a while, even before um, they came to town, that you know, my grandpa was dealing with dementia. Um, I remember there was one time when he tried calling me, and I didn't get to answer the phone, and I don't think I ever called back. But he left a voicemail that it was only like half of the voicemail or something. Like something happened, and he didn't press a. He didn't do something on time. I don't exactly know. I all I know is I got half of the message that he left me, and it was just mainly him saying it's been quiet and I just want to know how you're doing because the older I got the less I talked to him and part of it is because I got really really busy um you know my life was becoming more my own personal world and whatever was in my immediate surroundings not you know like what my grandparents were up to on the other side of the country and I do regret that like I did kind of stop uh I used to call him a lot. Yeah, I used to call him pretty often when I was younger. I would I would call him and I would uh, just ask him for advice, ask him questions. You know, I wanted to talk to him and get his opinions on things. And he was one of the wisest men I knew. And so I, I kind of stopped talking to him pretty often on the phone. Uh, before dementia really became a problem for him. And I will always regret that. You know, like, uh, people on the spectrum, they can absolutely have regrets for things. You know, like, some of them are better at hiding it than others. Um, I'm typically pretty open about my regrets, and I think about them often, probably more often than I should. But my, uh, my grandpa, like, um, started to experience dementia, and when he did, and when I heard about how bad it had gotten, it kind of discouraged me from trying to call him at all, and I think that's one of the reasons why, um, he reached out to me. This had to be, like, this was, um, somewhere in 2019 when he tried reaching out to me, and then when he and grandma came to town to attend mine and KG's wedding, 
the grandpa that I knew, I, I mean, he really was gone. He wasn't the man that, um, that I remembered him to be when I was growing up. Uh, he was, he would always, he always seemed confused about, he seemed confused about what he was doing, sometimes where he even was. He would talk to me, but a lot of the things that he said didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, and it was almost impossible for me to strike up a conversation with him, and it was devastating. I learned from my family that he knew at least enough that he knew whose wedding he was attending. He, he knew the premise, what was going on. So before he passed away, he um, got to see me get married. He knew that I was getting married. And I'm at least grateful that he got to experience that. And so um, during the pandemic, uh, there were two big losses that I actually experienced, and I mentioned this in a uh, much earlier episode, but um, KG's grandfather passed away, and he, uh, he had a pretty significant role in my life. He had a pretty great impact on me, and, you know, I, I miss him dearly. In all honesty, I, I miss him as much as I uh, could miss, you know, uh, an actual grandfather, uh, you know, not just a grandfather-in-law. And that was the first one to go um, in uh, March, March, or April of 2021. So both those grandfathers passed away in the same year. That's <laughs> like, that's what I was up against that year. And um, I remember when KG's grandfather passed away, um, you know, that really, that hit her very, that hit KG very, very hard as, as it should anyone. And, um, I remember coming back, rushing back home. I was supposed to volunteer at, a um, volunteer for something that night. And I just told them I can't do it because I got the call that, um, that, uh, her grandfather passed away and I rushed back home and, uh, KG and her family were, were going to go straight to, um, uh, straight to Kansas city where, uh, where her grandmother was living at the time. And, they were basically packing up going like right away right after the news broke and it was just or i'm sorry i'm i'm getting this wrong she heard that it was she heard that basically he was he was going to pass away like that was inevitable he was going to he didn't actually pass away for another few weeks afterwards um but her family like packed things up real quick as soon as they heard the news that it's very possible this is going to happen and uh, you know, and KG, like when I got back home, KG just, KG was crying. She just started crying as soon as I, I got there. It was devastating. And I have never, ever, like, necessarily been in a situation where um, I had to be there to comfort someone who was grieving over the loss of a loved one. And the funny thing is, the roles were completely switched, you know, during, uh, in the same year later. 2021 just sucked in general. Like, it was a pretty sucky year. I honestly, uh, I, I look back on 2021 with you know, some pretty serious disdain. Um, but that was the first loss that year. And, and that, that impacted me. You know, I cried. Like, again, as if he was really a member of my family. 
uh, he was so supportive of KG and I, you know, when we wanted to get married and um, got up to the wedding and everything. He was uh, just awfully supportive, great encourager, very wise, you know, just a good man overall. And, you know, for him to be absent like that in my life where I can't see him again, at least not in this life, um, you know, I still grieve over that. I still think about that. I guess, I mean, I guess it just goes to show, and KG thinks about it too, so I, I you know, it does kind of go to show that, um, you know, autistic people can absolutely feel grief over, um, over the death of a loved one, and I still feel it. You know, obviously I can... I can go through most days not really ever thinking about it, not really dwelling on it. But there are those times, you know, occasionally where it hit, it hits me pretty hard. Even a year after my grandfather passed away, like kind of right around the same time in 2022, I just uh, you know, I was crying like in bed at night and and just thinking about um, you know, how I had lost my grandfather. And uh, this sounds devastating, but because of the dementia that he went through in his last couple of years, it honestly kind of felt like I lost him, you know, even before he passed away. You know, I lost this man who rooted for me so much, who wanted, who wanted so much for me, who believed wholeheartedly that I, w- I would live out a good and satisfying life if I just let the creative lid off. Um, I, remember, I remember one time when my grandparents were in town, and I, I can't quite remember what my age was. I know this was, like, this was somewhere in 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was somewhere in like 2012 to one. No, no, I'm sorry. Even earlier than that. This was like 2011, 2012, like um, somewhere around there. I remember um, my grandparents came to town to visit and my grandpa took me out to lunch. And, we, you know, we sat in a subway, we ate, we talked a little bit. But by the time we were done, he wasn't satisfied. Like He wasn't satisfied with with the conversation, yet he felt like he he wanted to talk more. It was as though, it was as though he kind of felt like if there was any good time for him to have a conversation with me about what really mattered to him when it came to me, this was it. Like, it almost, when I look back on it now, it almost has, has this, like, feeling or this sense of finality about it um and so we walked around outside for a little bit and he told me that I do have he does he believes that I have incredible things in store for me you know in the future that my my life has incredible things uh later on down the road but he believed that one of the only ways that I would achieve that is if I just let that creative, basically take that creative lid off of me, that lid that that hinders my creativity from really coming out. And to this day, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that looks like, what does come out of me when uh, when I take that lid off. And I mean, obviously, I can come up with theories, whether it's my 
writing, my storytelling, my podcasting, um, or something else that I'm not aware of yet. But regardless, I've I've never forgotten that conversation, and I never will. It was actually something that my family suspected, but um, my mom especially suspected that my grandfather was actually on the autism spectrum. And when I think back on it now, I can kind of see that. Um, he wasn't a very emotional person. He didn't have a very emotional range. Um, some jokes seemed to fly over his head. You know, some concepts seemed to uh, slip by him. You know, little things here and there to kind of um, give off some hints, give off some clues. But in my opinion, I don't think it was ever entirely necessary for him to get diagnosed. I mean, if he was on the autism spectrum, he was never diagnosed for it. He went his entire life without ever being diagnosed. And even though that's the case, um, he never needed to be. You know, like, even if he was diagnosed on the autism spectrum, he never needed to be in order to live a good life, in order to live a life where he impacted others, where, you know, where he carried a strong marriage, um, and he, you know, raised his own children, raised my mother. He did all of these things. And obviously, like any parent or any husband, he wasn't perfect, but he was great at what he did. And he was passionate, very passionate believer in God, and, um, very passionate about other people. He loved talking to people. He loved talking to people. He could go on forever with people. <laughs> like, he can strike a... He was... I remember when my dad and I went to a homeless shelter to volunteer there. This was a long time ago. I think I was probably, like, 13 or 14 at the time. But... I remember when we went to a homeless shelter and my grandpa happened to be in town at the time, so he went with us. And his goal when he went there was to strike up conversations with, you know, with people that were there, anybody. He also did prison ministry where he would go to different prisons and he would uh, minister to, to prisoners there. I mean, he could talk to anybody. That was, that was one of his strengths. You know, that was one of his biggest strengths. That was one of his passions. And I think, I think that's even rubbed off on, on me a little bit. I used to be a lot more, uh, you know, like passionate about people and I want to regain that passion. It's just a lot harder these days when it just feels like, when it just feels like the world is so much more hostile than it was even just a couple of years ago, when people are harder to connect with and bond with and get along with than they were even just a couple of years ago, it's hard. I think my grandpa had it good. <laughs> like when, when he was still here, I think he had it good. He, um, he was able to have conversations with people during a time when it was probably a little bit easier to, you know, to connect with people. And we weren't, you know, we weren't, um, just, uh, we weren't getting on each other over politics and all sorts of just divisive stuff. And, um, but I, I, 
one of my strengths, or at least I believe one of my strengths, is that I'm pretty good I'm pretty good with making people feel comfortable around me. A lot of people can feel comfortable around me even if I don't necessarily even want to talk to them. Like they'll want to talk to me even if I don't if even if I don't always feel like talking to them. Um and if and if I'm really passionate, if I really want to, I can strike up a pretty long conversation with people, especially, of course, if it's something that I'm passionate about, because that's typical autistic nature for you. Um, But when I was growing up, I was actually a lot like Grandpa in that I could talk to anybody. It didn't matter who it was. And not only could I talk to almost anyone that I came across, but I I also tended to make friends with, um with people who they're kind of like they're not exactly like the most normal people in society. I want to I'm trying to be really careful with how I word this. Um cuz there's a lot of different words that I can use to describe, you know, the people that I've befriended and the people that I've bonded with, you know, over the course of my life and I still do. Um you know, I'm friends with a lot of people who they're not they don't really fit <laughs> they don't really fit like really well into, you know, the fabric of the whole of society. You know, they don't they're they they don't exactly fit in the the mainstream mold. They don't really fit in the in what's considered normal normalcy. You know, they're they're kind of the um what's the best word for? It? They're kind of I I don't want to say the outcasts because yeah, I don't I don't think they really are by definition at all. They're just different. They're different. They're not like a lot of um a lot of other people who kind of are interchangeable with each other. They they stand out in their own unique ways. And they're survivors too. Like I've always been impressed with how well people I know can can survive and do so well no matter what's thrown at them and there's a lot of crap that that's been thrown at people that I care about and it's impressive to see them survive and I love being friends with them I don't you know I like being friends with the weird ones okay you know like and I say that as a compliment I like being friends with the weird ones I like being friends with the socially awkward you know, I love being friends who like have out autism or been diagnosed with ADHD or OCD or whatever. You know, like that's that's something that I know is pretty consistent about myself. And to this day, I am still not even entirely sure what that means uh, for me and my future. Like, okay, I can connect with and bond with you know, the weird ones or the goofy goobers, if you will, <laughs> to make a, a reference to the first and only SpongeBob movie. Um, and I don't quite know what that means for me in the future, though, but I am happy about that. And so um, I will like I will always remember Grandpa for the reasons that uh, I listed. Obviously, it being only two years since he passed away, I you know, I miss him terribly. I didn't even see him again uh, after, you know, my wedding. So, you know, he passed away in October of 2021, but he, but the last time, the final time I saw him 
was January 18, 2020. And I wish that maybe I had that intuition, you know, that sixth sense when I was leaving uh, the wedding reception that night to figure out that that was the last night I would ever be around my grandfather. I wish I knew that. Because if I had known that, I would have parted ways with him that night in a very, very different way. And obviously, I can't blame myself for, you know, not knowing. (laughs) But yeah, I'll always, I'll feel maybe just a tad bit of regret. Because the dementia was obviously a problem for him. You know, I probably should have uh, I probably should have at least thought to myself that, okay, this illness is really kind of, uh, it's taking away from his mind. I mean, who, like, I, I, none of us knew how long it would be before he would just kind of start forgetting people, including me. I don't think he ever forgot who I was um, before he passed away. <laughs> I guess someday. I'll be able to ask him. But yeah, um, thought to do something a little bit different today. I know uh, this one's a bit more somber. It's a bit sadder. And I promise that I'm going to kind of turn the ship around and uh, do some more fun episodes later, especially as we're coming up on the holiday season. I don't know about you guys, but, um, you know, with all the just the insanity that has been happening all year around us, I'm I'm pretty excited for this holiday season. I think it's one that we could really need. I feel like for the last four years, the holiday season, it's not just a tradition anymore. It's not just another part of the year. It's something that we kind of seem to all, it's something that we seem to all really, really desperately need by the time it gets here. (laughs) Or in the case of some people, it's something they really, really don't need because for them it's more stress. But um, yeah, um, next week I'm going to do another off-script episode that uh, I came, I thought of because it's some more stuff that I wanted to get off my chest. But and that was actually the, originally the episode I was going to record today. But um, considering um, that it's October of 2023, it's been two years since my grandfather's passing. I thought I would mention that because if I'm not mistaken, I haven't mentioned that before. Um, so in conclusion, yes, I can still be impacted by um, death the same way that any neurotypical person can. I'm not a psychopath, I promise. (laughs) So, uh, with all, with all that being said, um, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode and, um, I don't know, uh, maybe talk about uh, your own, if you're on the spectrum, maybe talk about your own experiences with death, how that's impacted, uh, you and your life. Um, you can always post a comment on this, uh, episode's page on the pancakeking.substack.com. And I will see you guys next week. Goodbye.